Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for February 27th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, your snowy Monday evenings, wherever you may be. You know, all my West Coast folk, you should have kept the snow over there, bro. What the fuck you doing to dump it on us? I, I don't understand. I was hoping we're at the end of February. We're going into March. I'm like, oh, yeah, baseball season is going to get underway pretty soon. We got spring training starting. WrestleMania is 33 days away. Maybe we'll get through the winter without any significant snowfall. And I look outside, and the fucking Mustang is covered in white. Why? You fucking geeks over on the West Coast, man. Not really a big fan of any of you at this current time. Yet I still love you. Monday Night Raw. I tell you what, uh, I did not love. It was this uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Johnny, uh, Johnny Bravo. I may have to join you down in Florida, bro. One of the one of these days, it's just gonna happen. I'm just gonna move permanently down to Florida. Uh, that's all I want, man. I want nothing but a cold beverage in my hand and and a fucking palm tree outside my. Front window. That's all I want. What I did not enjoy tonight was Monday Night Raw. This show sucked. But it was with some notable segments. I don't even know where to begin, man. I'm so, I'm so fucking excited about, uh, about what happened on tonight's show. I don't even know where to begin, man. Where do, I, where do I begin? Do I talk about Trish Stratus? Do I talk about Brock Lesnar? Do I talk about... The Cody Rhodes situation that he's finally going to show up on SmackDown on Friday to confront Roman Reigns, hopefully, maybe, possibly, supposedly. I don't know, man. I guess we'll start off with Trish Stratus being that it was a rumor for the last three weeks or so that she was on her way back to the WWE. Trish Stratus showed face tonight in Grand Rapids, Michigan, by the way. You guys need to be a little bit more louder in Michigan, man. If this is an indication about what's coming to SummerSlam, I mean, you guys could fucking stay home, man. Seriously. You guys were absolutely sitting on your hands all night. Uh, I didn't know whether to continue watching or just close my eyes for the remainder of the show. That's how boring you guys made the show, but I don't really blame you because the show sucked. Trish Stratus. She helped Lita and Becky Lynch win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships tonight. I know, man. What a, what a youthful tag team uh, of Becky Lynch and Lita, man. Uh, that, that's uh, going to really rile up some of the people that really want to push the younger narrative and future in WWE. But 
It's WrestleMania season, and Vince McMahon has his hand deep in the cookie jar for WrestleMania. Yes, he does. I don't want to hear anybody say otherwise. Becky Lynch and Lita won the tag team championships with the help of Trish Stratus tonight. And everybody is now wondering where all of this is going into WrestleMania since they now changed the tag team championship situation literally a month, four weeks to go before WrestleMania. Everybody, including me, was under the impression that we were going to get a six-woman tag team match with Damage Control, Bayley, teaming up, obviously, together against Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus. That in itself is a major WrestleMania match. WWE seemingly is now adding both of these teams, and they're going to flesh out the WrestleMania card so that we get four women's matches on the evening, or on the weekend, I should say, two on Saturday and two on Sunday. That's the way WWE is fleshing things out. Now, before I get into where I think this is going, and more than likely where it's going, I I, want to call out what I talked about this weekend as far as Lita being back on WWE television and Trish Stratus being back on WWE television. Does anybody else find it very bizarre that the narrative of Triple H changed drastically coming out of the Royal Rumble as we now sit at the end of February, literally one month later? Talked about this on Thursday. Talked about this again last night on episode 466. Triple H and his youth movement. Triple H and the current roster movement has now given way to Lita and Trish Stratus. Before I even get into what I want to talk about, I don't really mind Lita and Trish Stratus on television. Lita's a little uh, rough around the edges at her age. Uh, She's not really moving as well as I thought she would in the ring. Very sloppy tonight. Trish Stratus, I mean, I don't mind Trish Stratus on TV. Everybody loves Trish. Uh, Everybody loves Lita. I don't know how anybody can hate on Trish Stratus and Lita. But I think the reason why I say that is because we don't really see them, you know, randomly appear every year on the road to WrestleMania. They are used sparingly on the road to WrestleMania. But Triple H and his narrative and his direction going into the Royal Rumble was, I'm going to use the current roster and I'm going to get people over with who I have. I'm going to push the women's division with who I brought back and who I have in developmental and who I have on the main roster. I said this on Thursday. How many legends did you see in the Royal Rumble? Zero. Well, we're not zero. One, Michelle McCool, and that was it. But basically, no legends were used in the Royal Rumble outside Michelle McCool. Okay. That was Triple H's narrative going into the Royal Rumble, and I was assuming that was going to be the case going into WrestleMania. Now, everybody wants to make the excuse of, oh, well, WrestleMania is the showcase of the immortals, and uh, this is the the type of show where you want to bring back legends because it, it helps enhance the show. No, it don't. No, it doesn't. I don't know where you get that narrative from. That's just you being very conditioned by what Vince McMahon used to fucking jam down your throat with a goddamn fucking plunger. 
Shut the fuck up. I'm tired of hearing about legends and needing them at WrestleMania and they need to be there and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Give me a fucking break. We didn't need any legends this year. Do you want to know why? Because the current storylines right now that they have outside the bloodline, very, very uh, iffy at the moment, but the current storylines that WWE have right now are enough to fuel an entire WrestleMania. Additionally, both night one and night two are completely sold out. You don't need to bank on promoting legends to help sell whatever remaining tickets are there. The show is sold out. The show will be the most watched WrestleMania in the history of WWE ever. So I don't want to hear about the excuse of, oh, they're needed. No, they're not. All they do is take away from the active roster, and all they do is take away from who is not getting a WrestleMania spotlight, which was documented last night. I don't know if you guys read the report. I don't know if you guys watched the podcast last night. I talked about this on Sunday night. Triple H has angered some in the WWE locker room because the WrestleMania card that he wants is going to be a lot smaller than years prior. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And it should come as no surprise to anybody the way Triple H has booked pay-per-views because everything from Clash at the Castle has been presented the same exact way he used to do NXT TakeOver. There should be nobody complaining about the way he's been running the premium live events. Why would he run WrestleMania any different? You don't think that Triple H, of all people, knew when WWE used to do one-day WrestleManias that that shit being seven, eight hours long was absolutely fucking ridiculous? Now it's split into two nights. We don't need nine, 10, 11 matches every single fucking WrestleMania night one, night two. We don't need so many matches all weekend. We don't need to get people on the show just for the sake of getting people on the show because, oh my God, we can't leave anybody off. We don't need to call returning legends because we have enough talents on every single brand and every single crevice of WWE where we could make the best WrestleMania without calling somebody who's over the age of 50 and can't fucking move the same way like they used to for WrestleMania. So that narrative should be something that gets washed away pretty easily, okay? WWE has given Lita a spotlight on WrestleMania along with Trish. I don't really care that Lita and Trish are there for the previous reasons that I mentioned, but it does really bode, or it doesn't really bode well for damage control in the end. Because they've been ice cold coming into this thing. They've been ice cold ever since they really formed in WWE. And now they're being set up to give way to Lita, Trish, Ronda, Shayna, Becky. So they're going to be the odd women's, well, the odd women out at WrestleMania. Where is this all going? Where is this all going? Like I said, the six-woman tag team match was the rumored idea. That is happening no longer. Now we have Becky and Lita holding the tag team championships, and I discussed this last Monday. 
I discussed this last Monday saying, one of two things is going to happen here. We're either going to get damage control winning this, and then we're going to get the six-woman tag team match, and Trish is going to have her hand in this and kind of aid Becky and Lita and even the odds, and we're going to get the six-woman tag team match. That didn't happen. Or we're going to get Becky and Lita winning the tag team championships, and we are in some way, shape, or form going to get some version of Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, but this year it's going to be in the form of a tag team match with Becky and Lita versus Ronda and Shayna for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. WWE wants to get as many of these women on the show and what they are planning to do now, because Damage Control was robbed tonight, and you know they're going to be asking for a rematch. More than likely what we're getting is Becky and Lita versus EO and Dakota versus Ronda and Shayna in a triple threat women's tag team title match at WrestleMania. So it gets all those women on the WrestleMania card. And then Bailey, she will go one-on-one with Trish Stratus at WrestleMania. That will equal four women's matches for the entire weekend. Those two, and then we have the two championship matches with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, and then Bianca Belair versus Asuka. So we will get two women's matches per night at WrestleMania. That is the current plan. That is the current plan. But outside that, I can't really find any excitement in this just for the simple fact that, yes, they are returning legends, even though we love both of them. They are returning legends. They beat the younger team in damage control, even though damage control has been damaged from day one. We have Becky Lynch walking into WrestleMania with another championship because she can't hold either the Raw or the SmackDown Women's Championship, so why not give her a title that is equally as useless in the Women's Tag Team Championships? And then we get Ronda and Shayna included, and you know how I feel about Ronda. I don't give a fuck. I wish she would actually miss WrestleMania, but I don't foresee that happening. So that's what's going on there. But the narrative of, oh, we need legends at WrestleMania. Oh, they they need to be there. It's the showcase of the immortals and all this other fucking rubbish that you hear from the community because they're so so stuck in the Vince McMahon way of thinking. We don't need any of that to happen at WrestleMania. But that's exactly where they're going to go with all that. And I don't really care one way or another. To me, it is a dead title. Damage control has been pretty much dead since the very beginning. And I don't really give a shit about Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey sharing a ring four years later when it should have happened one-on-one at WrestleMania 35. Good luck reigniting that and getting me excited for that. Don't care. In fact, I'm more excited about a Bailey versus Trish Stratus match to see what they do together in the ring, even though I don't really give a shit about that much either. Brock Lesnar. Ever since last week, this has been a topic of discussion. Is this a troll job? Is this a red herring? Is it a setup? Is MVP going to get the Hurt Business back together and Bobby Lashley is going to come out and ask for a final match with Brock while he gets the Hurt Business back together with Omos as their muscle? All of this was discussed and this is what the community was talking about Ever since last week, everybody was worried that this was going to be the match. 
Some people said, don't worry about it. Dave Meltzer came out and said, yep, this is the plan. Brock Lesnar, Omos is the plan. Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt is the plan. So it got me thinking and it got my creative juices flowing. Vince McMahon is obviously having some sort of creative say in WrestleMania's card. If you don't believe that, you're going to need to get the fuck out of here. Seriously, go take a walk and get the fuck out of here. Seriously. Vince McMahon absolutely has a hand in something at WrestleMania. What that something is, I don't know. We will find out what's going to happen at WrestleMania. And I'll get to that point in a second. But Brock Lesnar and Omos is now confirmed for WrestleMania. This is a match. This is a real thing. Your bathroom break is now confirmed for WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood. And now I start seeing the narrative of, oh, well, uh, this is going to be a great showcase for Omos. Or the other narrative of, this is a giant versus the beast, and this is what the casual fans are going to be looking for, and blah, 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 blah. All this other fucking bullshit that I and many fans don't give a shit about unless you work for the network, unless you work for the WWE and you're very ingrained in their analytics or you work on their social media side. I don't know why anybody is talking about business-related analytics for WWE. You automatically lose an argument when you start bringing up numbers on YouTube and fucking Twitter and, and Instagram and TikTok and all this other bullshit that none of us who watch the show should really care about. Unless you are a major investor in the company, I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up about that narrative, really. Because that shit don't fly with me. That just really says to me, you know what, you're a fucking WWE cocksucker. I'm going to need you to take the cock out of your mouth, really. Shut up. Shut up. Nobody sees... The problem with this match. You all want to fucking pretend like the problems don't exist. The problems are very apparent. First of all, nobody asked for this match. Nobody. I don't know who on this fucking planet who watches this show is, is looking at this match and finds this appealing. Secondly, Vince McMahon is in charge. I don't know how much he is in charge of, but Vince McMahon is in charge as documented in this match. If you don't find that to be a fucking problem, then you should get the fuck out of here. Because that's not what we were told when Vince McMahon came back to the company. We were told that Vince McMahon is only back to try and sell the company. But here we are with Vince McMahon booking this match. And I'm going to say it again as I look directly to you in my camera. This is not a Triple H match. He did not appoint this for WrestleMania. He did not have this planned. He did not think about this in his dream three months ago. This was nothing to do with Triple H at all. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a shit what paywall you subscribe to. I don't give a shit who you know. I don't care who your sources are. I don't care. This is not. A Triple H match. And please don't bring me the excuse of, oh, Triple H is not perfect. No shit. 
No man, no woman is perfect. Everybody has their flaws. Everybody has their faults. He's not perfect. Tonight's show was fucking garbage. And I'll gladly say that nine times out of ten. But this is not a Triple H match. I don't give a fuck who you think you are or who you know. Third, Brock Lesnar works with nobody but Vince McMahon. Brock Lesnar, it is heavily documented that Brock Lesnar does not work with anybody but Vince McMahon. He walked out last year when Vince retired, only for them to convince him to come back, exclaiming that he will not work creatively with anybody but Papa Vince. Because he knows Vince is going to take care of him. So you look at that, and you look at that situation, and you ask me, well, J.D., how do you know Vince is in charge? Right there, the proof is in the pudding. Another thing I can add to that, do you know how many times Omas has been on Monday Night Raw since January? One. One time in the last three months. You mean to tell me that Triple H had Omas in the back of his mind for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania when this guy took over, Triple H took over, Omas went bye-bye. You didn't hear a single fucking peep about Omas. You probably wondered if he still was employed and all of a sudden he's on the road to WrestleMania in a marquee match with Omas. Omas has a match booked at WrestleMania before L.A. Knight does. Nobody finds that to be a fucking issue. I do. And most of you listening to me will probably now find that to be an issue. What exactly does Omas benefit from here? Does nobody realize? This is how I know everybody has a short-term memory, man. This is how I know everybody has a short-term memory. Omas wrestled Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia. What happened there? Braun Strowman lifted the big man up. Power slammed him down. Four minutes later, goodbye. That's the only reason why they brought Braun Strowman back in the early stages, to put him in there against somebody that was bigger than him so they can sell that marquee bullshit to the fucking people that don't know any better. They, they brought Braun Strowman back to power slam Omas in Saudi Arabia. What did they do before that? Bobby Lashley and Omas wrestled how many times? And Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley both on the same page take out Omas and Bobby Lashley gets rid of the Nigerian giant. So you mean to tell me that Omas going into WrestleMania is going to fare better against Brock Lesnar than Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley after they took out him or took Omos out fairly easily. You mean to tell me that Omos is worth anything going into this match? What exactly is Brock Lesnar going to do that Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley did not and could not do? I don't really understand your point of view. Everybody wants to cite ratings and fucking YouTube clicks and likes and views and social media and all this other shit. Meanwhile, nobody asks for this match. Do you know what part bothers me most? Is the fact that people think that this is the best that WWE could do with Brock Lesnar. Now, I know Brock Lesnar's matches have been fucking dog shit outside the chaos that was SummerSlam and Roman Reigns. 
I know Brock Lesnar's matches don't really amount to anything. They're four minutes. They're chaotic. They're nothing but F5s and suplexes. Now, this may say more about Brock Lesnar than, than, than it does about WWE, but if you genuinely think that Brock Lesnar still, to this day, is not an attraction, that isn't a big money draw, that you can't get big matches out of him, I, I don't understand why you can't do something more with Brock Lesnar than what we're doing with Omos. I don't get it. And people are content with that. People are okay with that. People are just going to accept it because that's what WWE is giving you and they're going to make it sound all good. It's not. I'm here to tell you it's not. WrestleMania is a showcase of the best of the best. Remember when I just talked about Triple H angering the locker room because there wasn't enough opportunities at WrestleMania because he wants to make the shows smaller. Good! Good! Booking, booking in like a takeover is exactly the mentality that Triple H needs to have. Not everybody can get on WrestleMania. I didn't know WrestleMania was some fucking pity party for everybody. If you ain't in anything all year, then you're not on the fucking show. If you're not important going into WrestleMania, then you're not on the show. If you want to be in a battle royal, why the fuck do you want to be in a battle royal? A battle royal that Vince McMahon made absolutely fucking nonsensical and irrelevant. You want to be in that battle royal just so that you could get on WrestleMania. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. WrestleMania is for the best of the best. And the best should be only represented at WrestleMania. If you consider Omos to be the best, then get the fuck out of my sight. That's not the best. And don't tell me that this is going to be a turning point for Omos. Don't tell me that he's going to be world champion or that he should be world champion. Omos is fucking garbage. In every sense of the word. I cannot tell a difference between him and great Kali. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So don't start with that shit. Don't give me any bullshit. Fucking sucks. But now it's official. Now it's official. Hope you guys are very happy with all that. Again, please tell me when I'm telling lies and please try and refute me from everything that I just told you. You can't. Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt's another one. I don't know who the fuck's excited about that. There is no way you're excited about that match. What an absolute misfire of two styles is Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. We got Muscle Man Wyatt 
do do the muscle man dance. We're still doing this hokey, corny, lame, cartoonish bullshit. And now Bobby Lashley is getting involved. I swear to God, man, if you think Vince McMahon is just back to sell the company, you may be as dumb as I think you are. This has Vince McMahon's bullshit written all over it. All over it. There is no way anybody can find this version of Bray Wyatt appealing. This man went from the hottest act in the fucking industry, the biggest return of the year outside Cody Rhodes, to being absolutely ice cold. Ice cold. He has no momentum at all. And the creative is dog shit. You cannot convince me that Bray Wyatt's WrestleMania plans from back then all led to Bobby Lashley. They did not. Something got changed along the way. Something got whispered in Triple H's ear. Something changed dramatically to a point where Triple H was just going to fight a losing battle and he was not going to win this one. And Bray Wyatt was fighting a losing battle and he's not going to win this one. I'm sorry. This also not a Triple H match. There's no way that it can be. And if you think that this is the creative vision that Bray Wyatt had when he returned to the WWE, I guarantee you that got changed along the way by Vince McMahon himself as well. Vince being back is a fucking problem. He should not have any say in creative. We were told and constantly told as a fucking community that he was only back by WWE. He was only brought back by WWE to sell the company. Nick Khan went on publicized interviews and said to everybody in everybody's face that Vince is only back to sell the company. Triple H came out and blatantly said that he's in control and that Vince is not in charge. Yet here we have two examples, two huge examples of Vince potentially having fingerprints on the WrestleMania card. What does Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley have to do with each other? Nothing. The clash of styles sucks. The match is going to be dreadful. Another bathroom break as far as I'm concerned. Bray Wyatt, I don't know what the fuck they are doing, but they have given us nothing but QR codes and fucking riddles and rhymes and puppets and cartoons and funhouse and all this other fucking shit. And we got nothing as far as the storyline. Good luck deciphering what the fucking story is between all this bullshit that you're getting on TV. Here's a fucking spoiler. There is none. I don't even think Bray knows where the fuck he wants to go. Where's the payoff? You mean to tell me that five months, six months of riddles and fucking puppets and cartoons, that's your idea of a storyline? This is the finality that Bray Wyatt wanted when he came back to WWE to close that past chapter to begin a new one. This is what he wanted, right? There's no payoff. And where's the Hurt Business? thought the Hurt Business was getting back together. MVP was supposed to be getting the Hurt Business back together, yet we got MVP with Omos challenging Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Did they drop the Hurt Business? Did the Hurt Business idea go bye-bye? Because Vince McMahon said, no, I fired all those guys, or I got rid of all them, I broke them up. I ain't bringing them back as long as I'm here. MVP is getting Hurt Business back together. The next week, he's not. The next week, he's with Omos, challenging Brock Lesnar, and Bobby Lesnar's all by himself, challenging fucking Muscle Man Wyatt to a match nobody asked for. Where's the Hurt Business? 
Are we gonna get more Wyatt members? Are we gonna find out who the fuck Uncle Howdy is? Are we gonna find out that Alexa Bliss is finally back in Wyatt's camp? Is Eric Young gonna be in the Wyatt Six? Is Dutch and Vincent gonna be revealed? Who is a part of the Wyatt Six? We got not one fucking crumb about who the Wyatt Six are. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't think anybody does. We are so, and this is a great word, we are so fatigued from all the, oh my God, the innuendos and the fucking Easter eggs and the spoilers and the QR codes and the, this lore. Fuck the lore. Fuck the lore. I need results. I don't watch a fucking show with nothing but fucking teases for five months. That's a great way to drive the fucking viewership to not give a shit about what you're doing. Give me a fucking break. Who's Uncle Howdy? Uncle Howdy's been on TV just as long as Bray Wyatt has. Who the fuck is Uncle Howdy? Are we going to get him to WrestleMania? So you're going to let Bobby Lashley do the muscle man dance at WrestleMania? What type of gimmick match are we going to get? Sponsored by Skittles. Bubble Yum. Fruit Loops. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Lucky Charms. What fucking match you're going to give me? Sponsored by Kellogg's. Who? Who are you going to give me? You're going to make a cereal out of Bray Wyatt with all those little fucking puppets? They're going to Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley wrestling in a fucking huge cereal bowl at WrestleMania Hollywood with fucking milk. Big giant fucking spoons. Milk splashing everywhere. Is that what they're going to do? A fucking joke. A complete fucking joke. Holy fucking shit. Bo Dallas is Uncle Howdy. How the fuck does anybody know? How do you know? Do you have inside scoops on who Uncle Howdy is? What did you hear from Sap? No shit, it's Uncle Howdy. I don't give a fuck who the... I don't give a shit who Uncle Howdy is. Show me. Show me who the fuck Uncle Howdy is. Instead of guessing every week. Go from Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar to Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar and Omos. How the fuck does that happen? You mean to tell me Vince is not doing shit for WrestleMania, right? He's got his hands so far in the fucking cookie jar, he's getting greedy now. How much more else is Vince going to book at WrestleMania? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. This show sucked. Cody and Chad Gable had a banger. Seth Rollins called Logan Paul on FaceTime We know that was going to happen eventually. Finn Balor challenged Edge at WrestleMania. Austin Theory can't wait to see John Cena next week in Boston. And that's basically Monday Night Raw wrapped up in a nutshell. We're going to go over the rest of the show. And as timely as possible. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. We got 2,700, 2,800 in the OTS venue tonight, man. I got some news. I got some news. My mother's basement is nearing completion. VIPs, all my channel members, you now have an absolutely exclusive sneak peek at design number two 
of my mother's basement. It's right now live in the community section on the YouTube page. Go check it out. I have never been a part of anything more stunning in my entire life. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely love it. My guys over at Deviate Design, man. Absolutely nailed this one more than they did the last few designs. Go check that out. We are on the road to 142,000 subscribers, man. We legitimately are 24 away. Go hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well. We are 650 likes right now with 2,800 people in here. I'm going to need you guys to please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. If you enjoy the show tonight, if you enjoyed what you heard so far, please hit that thumbs up. Helps me out tremendously. Super Chats are open. You guys are being incredibly uh, generous right now of uh, everything that's going on. Uh, You guys are awesome. Keep them coming in. I love the energy. Keep them coming in. Make sure you guys get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. We got four new members tonight. We just had two members just sign up right now. We got Hoyt Reynalda, Daniel C., Zoe Lowe. uh, Not Zoe. Joey Lowe. And who else do we have signing up tonight? We got... We have four. We have four new members tonight. Who else signed up tonight? Let me let me check who else signed up tonight, man. I know we had four tonight. But I appreciate you guys signing up. We are eight. Eight away from 142,000 subscribers, man. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Uh, let's see who just signed up tonight, man. We got uh, McGrady. So we got Joey McGrady, Daniel C., and Hoyt Reynalda. Thank you guys very, very much. Appreciate you guys signing up to become a part of the VIP club. And if you guys missed any of the content on the channel, go and check it out on the homepage. We were live last night for episode 466. Go check that shit out. Great show. If you want to catch everything that you might have missed this week, all on the homepage for you. And tonight's show is sponsored. Before I do anything, man, we got to get into my sponsor for tonight's show. Tonight's sponsor, very special. We're doing big things. Tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. We got a huge UFC fight coming up with John Jones making his heavyweight debut. You guys are going to need to sign up for DraftKings because we got some special deals happening for all of my VIPs right here on Off the Script. John Jones has been away from the UFC for three years, and he's making his return at UFC 285 in his heavyweight debut. You guys can get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of the UFC, and today's sponsor right here. On Off The Scripts. DraftKings is giving all new customers a winning offer. All you have to do is go to DraftKings and use my promo code JD from NY and put at least $5 down on a pre-fight money line wager on any fighter and you're going to receive an additional $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. And that's right, you guys heard me correct. $5 on any pre-fight money line wager on any fighter, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets, and it's going to be deposited right into your account 
if your bet wins. Now you're wondering, what could you do with this $150 in bonus bets? You can try out UFC same fight parlays where you can combine multiple bets from one fight, like which fighter will win and how many significant strikes that they will land. If mobile sports betting is not available in your state yet, don't worry, you guys can still get in on the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and new customers use promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 on a pre-fight money line wager on any of this weekend's fighters and get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. That's promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sponsor tonight of Off the Scripts. Hey, man, I want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show right here for the Monday Night Raw post on Off the Script. Monday Night Raw started off with Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa had made their way to the ring. And I thought we were going to get something along the lines of some Sami Zayn on tonight's show. We were going to get some storyline development coming out of Friday Night SmackDown. We got nothing. We got nothing. This whole show was basically a setup for next week's show. It's almost as if they took the week off just to get this show done and then set up for a big show next week. So no Sami Zayn, no Bloodline story continuing from Friday after what we saw on SmackDown. Jimmy and Solo are in the ring. Jimmy said, Grand Rapids, the Bloodline is now in your city. He says he's seen the posts and the tweets about problems within the Bloodline. He said families fight all the time. And fans began chanting for Sammy. Sammy Solo said nothing and looked very angry as usual. Jimmy talked about Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Sammy Zayn at the Elimination Chamber. They both came up short and then said, your boy Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania won't get one over on your Tribal Chief either. Jimmy said the Tribal Chief will be on SmackDown Friday. He said he and Solo are there to remind everyone who runs Raw. The Street Profits then interrupt the Usos here. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins came out. They had some words for Jimmy and Solo. Ford was very sarcastic as usual, wondering where Jay Uso was. He was calling out for Jay Uso. Obviously, he never showed up. He said, it's understandable he's not there because it's tiring trying to keep the bloodline together. You have some nerve showing up on our show, says Montez. Jimmy says he should keep the tribal chief's name out of his mouth. Or what, asked Dawkins. And then they brawled and we got a match happening between these two teams, which is basically something we've seen a thousand times before. And you guys know the outcome because they should not lose anything in any which way on the road to WrestleMania. And that is the Usos getting the victory here over the Street Profits. Uh, We had Solo Sokoa make a blind tag while giving Montez Ford uh, a... Uh, I, I think Montez Ford gave Jimmy a spine buster. Solo made the blind tag while that was happening. Dawkins tagged him, but Sokoa shoved Ford off the top rope as he was about to go up for the big frog splash. Uh, he super kicked Dawkins, and then Solo dropped Dawkins with a Samoan spike in the middle of the ring. That blind tag, man, gets you every time. And Solo Sokoa gets the victory for he and Jimmy Uso here on Monday Night Raw. After the match was over, the Bloodline attacked the Street Profits. They were about to post Montez in the corner with the steel chair wrapped around his neck. 
And after the match, before all of this happened, KO, Kevin Owens, came out and made the save. He stunned Jimmy. He stunned Solo. And he made the save for the Street Profits. And Solo, he was staring a hole at Kevin Owens. I'm assuming we're going to get Kevin Owens and Solo Sokoa in the ring at some point on this road to WrestleMania. Really, really, it was a fine match. I've seen it so many fucking times. It's like I'm so numb to it. Like the Street Profits got nothing going on right now. Everybody's talking about Montez potentially going single and Montez, you know, breaking up from Angelo Dawkins. I could see that somewhere down the line, but not right now. Uh, This was basically what we've been given already. There's nothing new here between these four guys and really no storyline development coming out of SmackDown. It was basically a dud segment that basically set up Friday. Jimmy said Roman Reigns is going to be on Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to get Roman to deal with the Jay Uso situation himself. Uh, Jimmy Uso mentioned Cody Rhodes here tonight, so we got a, a little, a little uh, Easter egg, uh, some breadcrumbs following the trail to SmackDown, and Roman and Cody are going to both be on SmackDown on Friday night. Should be a very newsworthy show. But this segment, you know, 12 minutes, no more, no less, no real storyline development. It just existed to fill the first uh, segment on Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar on the MVP lounge, or the VIP lounge, he calls it. Brock made his way to the ring. He was all happy and smiling. He gets into the ring. He sits on MVP's couches, and MVP walks out, microphone in hand, obviously. MVP says when he invited Brock Lesnar to accept the challenge, he envisioned all of this differently. Yeah, so did I. I envisioned a different WrestleMania, for sure. Lesnar apologized to MVP for being early, but please join me if you wish. Like he's some fucking mafia boss. Please join me if you wish. Sitting on the couch. MVP says he's fine where he is because he was afraid of getting in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I don't blame him. Lesnar says he has no beef with MVP. He says he's all about business and fans were chanting for Suplex City. So MVP gets into the ring and Lesnar promised no suplexes tonight. Fans booed. Lesnar told MVP to do what he does best and hype the prospective fight. MVP touted Lesnar's dominance. However, Brock Lesnar, you had your hands full with Bobby Lashley. He says he thinks he can have his way with Omos when he couldn't even handle Bobby Lashley. Said the beast can destroy any man, but a giant will subdue and conquer a beast. He says he can suplex and F5 any man, but he can't do that to the Nigerian giant named Omas. Lesnar smiled. He stood and he proclaimed to MVP that his story, his hyping up of this fight, gave him goosebumps. He said MVP, you know, was doing a great job. He gave MVP a high five. I accept your challenge. There you go. The match is made. Lesnar and Omas is now official because Brock Lesnar said so. So we have some business to take care of. He says that they should shake on it and have a drink. Lesnar pointed at the WrestleMania sign like he's supposed to, like a puppet. And Lesnar and Omas is now official. MVP shook his hand. 
MVP said for this occasion, he will pop a bottle of champagne so that they can toast each other. Lesnar says, listen, if we're going to do a toast, I want to drink the good stuff. So he pulled out a flask from his jean jacket and Lesnar took a big swig of whatever it was in the flask. He winced and let out a big woo. Lesnar was feeling it, man. Whatever was in there, MVP said he would rather toast with some champagne. I don't see Brock Lesnar as the champagne type of guy, bro. I don't. So Lesnar insisted that he drink from the flask. And Lesnar then says, you aren't going to make me drink alone, are you? So the moral of the story here, folks, is when Brock Lesnar asks you to drink something that he offers, you fucking drink it. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be moose urine. It could be anything. Anything that Brock Lesnar has at his disposal. If it's in the flask and he asks you to take a drink, you drink whatever the fuck Brock Lesnar is offering you. Point blank, period. MVP did take a swig from the flask and he winced and he made this disgusted look and spit up whatever was in the flask all over Brock Lesnar. What was in the flask, you say? It's something that Brock Lesnar called white lightning. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So fans chanted, you fucked up, you fucked up at MVP. Lesnar wiped his eyes, wiped his vest. MVP offered him his handkerchief to wipe down. And then after that, Lesnar gave him MVP an F5. And that was the end of the segment. I legitimately thought Lesnar was okay here. Uh, I didn't mind Lesnar so much here. Uh, there was no Omos on this segment. No Omos, Lesnar stared down. I'm guessing that's what they're going to really go for at WrestleMania, to see these two guys stare each other down and Omos being the bigger guy over Brock Lesnar as Vince McMahon's backstage fucking uh, getting a raging heart on because he sees these two, these two guys standing in the ring together. MVP did not do this segment any good, man. It, it took him forever to just get the point across. I didn't really believe in his hype of the match. There is no hype for the match. He tried so desperately to try and make this match sound as WrestleMania worthy, and we all know it's not. This fell flat to everybody in the arena because nobody wants to see this match. Nobody. And if you do, you're lying to yourself. This is basically going to be used as a bathroom break, and come the Raw after Mania, you are going to forget about this match even happening at WrestleMania. The fact that this match is taking place at WrestleMania and the fact that this match was even booked, never mind booked, was even a thought in the creative meeting, is a disgrace. That is not WrestleMania worthy. Not. It's not a Triple H match. This is not something that he had planned. This is totally a Vince match. And I know Lesnar is not the same Lesnar that we used to know back in the day, but if you can't think of something better for Brock Lesnar, then maybe you should stop creatively writing for WWE. Because this is not the best that Brock Lesnar has to offer at WrestleMania. Kathy Kelly interviewed Lita and Becky backstage. She asked how they prepared for the match later. Lita talked about being in the ring with legends. She said teaming with Becky is a bucket list item. 
Becky says it's been a secret bucket list item for a while for her as well to win the tag team titles. She said she doesn't play well with others, but there is no woman she respects more than Lita. She said if Bailey gets involved, they'll take care of her too. Great. Cody Rhodes. He went one-on-one with Chad Gable. Normally, I'd complain about this because why is this match being made? What is the thing here between Chad Gable and Cody Rhodes that this needs to happen on Monday Night Raw? This was a banger match. This was easily the best match of the entire night. This is exactly the Cody Rhodes I want to see back from injury. This is the type of match I want to see Cody wrestling. This is the type of match I want to see Chad Gable in weekly. Chad Gable is incredible. Let's start putting some respect on Chad Gable's name, huh? Please. Chad Gable is fucking awesome. And so was Cody Rhodes. And this match was a banger. Why is this match happening? A little fun fact here, folks. Back in 2000, I believe it was 2000 and maybe 20, 2021. All the rumors about Chad Gable potentially being a free agent and leaving WWE. I know that there was some interest from AEW to bring Chad Gable in to AEW. One of those people that was incredibly high on Chad Gable was the man he was in the ring with tonight, and that is Cody Rhodes. That is Cody Rhodes. I honestly think that Cody Rhodes wanted to test himself against somebody like Chad Gable on the road to WrestleMania, and that's the why, and that's the reason why this match took place tonight. I have no problem with that because they're two phenomenal professional wrestlers. So Gable, after a commercial break, was in control of, uh, of Cody, and he was distracted by Otis, who was on the outside. Gable worked over Cody's leg, but Rhodes dodged a diving headbutt and followed with a power slam, Disaster kick for two. Fans were very much into Cody. Nobody really was thinking of Sammy in this moment. Everybody was really just happy to see Cody Rhodes there in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Rhodes applied a figure four, but Gable got a rope break. Rhodes went for another move off the middle rope, but Gable caught him midair and hit a German suplex. Beautiful for a two count. Gable followed with a big cliffhanger DDT, big moonsault for two. They both are now exchanging chops. Rhodes tossed Gable from the ring. Gable signaled for Otis, but Otis seemed to be distracted as he was looking for Maxine Dupree and the maximum male models. So Cody Rhodes hit Gable with the suicide dive. Otis was looking into the crowd, thinking that he'd seen Maxine. So Cody puts his arm around him and spoke to Otis about where they may be. And then you hear Otis under his breath telling Cody, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Otis has got good taste. Otis has got very good taste. So, obviously, she wasn't out there. Otis realized that Cody was kind of tricking him. He went after Cody. Cody threw him over the barricade. Back in the ring, Rhodes gets in the ring, hits a huge and beautiful Cody cutter off the top rope on Chad Gable, Crossroads for the one, two, three, which was absolutely devastating, and that was enough to give Cody the victory. Excellent stuff. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff here by Cody Rhodes and Chad Gable. More of Chad Gable in this type of role, please. I'd love to see him 
get some sort of momentum underneath himself. You know when Chad Gable should really get momentum underneath himself? I'm not really picking him to win it because I honestly think that it's tailor-made for somebody like Gunther, and I think Gunther should win the King of the Ring tournament this year, being that it is now confirmed by Mike Johnson of PW Insider that the King of the Ring tournament will indeed be taking place in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Gunther is my pick. Early odds on favorite to win the King of the Ring. Chad Gable should absolutely have a major tournament. He should really just go in there and, and put on some bangers. Maybe go to the finals and wrestle Gunther. I think that'd be great. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Chad Gable in the King of the Ring tournament? Yes, please. Cody got on the microphone at the end of the match. And he said he has yet to stand in the ring with his WrestleMania opponent. No shit, Cody. But he's glad to hear Reigns will be at SmackDown this Friday because I will be too. Finally. With 33 days left to go till WrestleMania, we are now finally getting, potentially, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns in the same ring on Friday night. Is it enough time? I don't think so. More time is needed here. Byron Saxton interviewed Baron Corbin backstage. He was interrupted again by Kevin Owens. Byron Saxton said, no, I got something more important to go and do, and Kevin Owens was there, and Corbin complained in the background. He didn't beat up Kevin Owens this time, but maybe he will next week. We don't know. But Saxton asked Owens if he's worried about consequences for what he did earlier. Kevin Owens said all he wants to see is the bloodline fall, and he won't stop until he gets what he wants. Kind of sounds like Sammy wants the same thing. Kind of sounds like the beginning seeds of KO and Sammy joining forces to take down the bloodline. I like it. He says he doesn't need or want help doing that. He then walked away. But we all know that he's going to want help and something's going to happen there to a point where Sami Zayn and KO come together to join forces against the bloodline. We got a WrestleMania Hollywood video airing this time with a spoof of Titanic with Montez Ford and Bianca Belair So during this segment, Ford tried to take a selfie and he tried to hold Bianca Belair up on the, uh, I guess, the front of the boat like Leo held Rose in the movie. And he dropped his phone into the ocean. Belair asked Ford if he was backed up in the cloud and he said no. And I thought that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins Playing Batman and Joker was bad. Or Seth was great. Becky was not. But this was worse than the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch spoof. They're not really giving me uh, the same type of vibe like the older ones used to give me. This was very lame. This was incredibly lame. I don't know who enjoyed this one. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch so far out of the two is the best one. I'm really waiting for the Bloodline one because they're... They're really doing a spoof on Goodfellas. And that's going to be awesome. Hopefully. Judgment Day. They were backstage. We've seen clips of Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross on SmackDown. Dominic helped Karrion Cross beat Rey on Friday night. 
Dominic said he showed the world last Friday that his dad is a loser who does nothing in the ring just like he was as a father. He said on Friday, Rhea Ripley has a match against Liv Morgan and he will be by her side. He said at the end of the day, Ray won't do anything about him being there. He said he is in ex-con Dom's prison now. Dominic is really entertaining. He is. And we're going to get that match at WrestleMania. And Dominic versus Rey Mysterio is happening in Hollywood. Ripley says she didn't need to say a word to Charlotte Flair because no matter what anyone says, her fate is sealed and Charlotte will lose at WrestleMania. Rhea, honey, listen, we all love you, but you needed to say something to Charlotte Flair and you're going to need to say something to Charlotte Flair next week. Otherwise, you ain't, Ray, you ain't WrestleMania main event worthy, in my honest opinion. And I made a big stink about this on the podcast last night, man. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair will not Main event WrestleMania night one, nor should it main event WrestleMania night one. That distinction is going to Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and the Usos. The tag team titles are going to be in the main event of night one, and Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair should open WrestleMania night one. Oh, but Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble, JD. I don't give a shit. Last night on the podcast, we went over every single situation where the Royal Rumble winner won the Royal Rumble and didn't main event WrestleMania. Doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to be, oh, well, equality for the women. No. No, it's whatever is most important. And right now, this feud is ice cold. And the only reason why it's happening is because it closes up some loose ends, tightens up some loose ends from Rhea and Charlotte back a couple of years ago when this should have been the WrestleMania match in Tampa and they didn't do it because COVID happened. Now we're getting the match happened and Rhea Ripley's so much better off than what she was and Charlotte is going to put over the younger talent, hopefully, in front of a major crowd. So we will see what happens. Finn Balor. He then talks about Edge and said, Edge doesn't get to decide when it's over. It's over when I say it's over. He said, Edge is playing checkers while he is playing chess. So basically, without really saying much of anything, he's basically challenging Edge to a WrestleMania match. Whether or not that's going to be in Hell in a Cell, that remains to be seen. The rumor going around is that we're going to get Demon Balor and Brood Edge inside Hell in a Cell. I'll take it. I will absolutely take it at WrestleMania. Otis, he was backstage, pacing back and forth, looking very stressed out. Maximum male models, Masse and Mansoir. They were back there with Maxine Dupree. They showed up. Dupree said she'd love to be in his corner if he had a match later. Otis eagerly asked Adam Pearce to give him a match. He ended up wrestling Johnny Gargano tonight just so that he could have the distinction of Maxine Dupree being in his corner out there while wrestling Johnny Gargano. Another one of those things where Vince McMahon more than likely has a say. The maximum male models when Triple H took over, this shit went bye-bye. Now all of a sudden they got moved to Monday Night Raw and now they're on TV every week. Why? It sucks. It's not entertaining, it's not funny, 
And the gimmick is absolutely fucking cringeworthy. It is a cringe fest on Monday night. Lame. Asuka, the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. She went one-on-one with Carmella. Nine minutes. Asuka wins. No reason why Carmella was going to beat Asuka on the road to WrestleMania. Match wasn't bad. I don't really understand why Carmella is getting such a spotlight here. She's not really factoring into anything. I guess she's suitable enough to take a loss here on Monday Night Raw. Um, She looked good. She looked good. Both of the ladies looked good here. It it was very basic. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and brag about it being the best women's match of the year or anything, but, you know, Carmella is very solid in the ring when she wants to be. Asuka, we know how great Asuka can be. So Carmella hit a super kick outside the ring which led to a commercial break. Half of this match took place in the commercial. Carmella comes back and holds control of the match. Asuka put Carmella in the Asuka lock for the submission tap-out victory. Very basic. After the match was over, Asuka called out Bianca Belair and started yelling something in Japanese. She comes out. Belair thought Asuka should let everyone know that they were going to tear the house down at WrestleMania because if she said anything else, Belair would remind her why you can't spell WrestleMania without E-S-T. Before Asuka could say anything, Carmella gets back in the ring and knocked her out with a super kick, and both Asuka and Belair fall over. Carmella left and Belair stare her down, which was going to lead to a match next week on Raw. You know, th- this is what this is what I have a problem with, man. You know, look look at the dialogue. Look at the dialogue between these two women. So, Asuka wins the elimination chamber. She gets the right to wrestle Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. It's going to be a great match. But I'm struggling to find the reason to care about the match. When there is no story outside of it's going to be a great match between two women who know how to go out there and have a great match. What's the story? The fact that they're going to put on a good match? What's the story? There is no story. No matter how much you want to wish upon a fucking shooting star, no matter how much you want to believe there's a story here because it's WWE and you can't say anything bad about the E, there is no story. And that sucks. WWE's creativity outside of the bloodline is really starting to fucking get weak and very noticeable. There's no story for Rhea and Charlotte. Nothing's been said yet. I'm sure they're going to dive into their past, which really hasn't been all that great. Very rocky between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I'm sure they'll document what happened during COVID and how Rhea Ripley lost to Charlotte, the NXT title and all that shit. Hopefully, maybe. I don't even know if I don't even know if they'll go that far. Maybe. But there really isn't anything substantial here that's going to say, man, I can't wait to see this match. I'm sorry, guys. Going to say what I say all the time about Bianca Belair. She is as stale as fucking six-week-old bread left out on the counter, untied. She is boring. There's nothing about Bianca that is interesting anymore. I don't know what they need to do. I don't know if they will do anything because she's such a good PR fucking, you know, candidate for the the company. 
She's going out there. She appeals to the young girls and, and, and all that stuff. But she is as dull as dishwater. Holy shit. If anybody needed a heel turn, it's Bianca Belair. There's nothing. There's no momentum so far between these two going into WrestleMania. And that is very noticeable. Stop being naive. There's nothing there. Piper Niven, she went one-on-one with Candice LeRae. Sure, everybody fucking cares about this match, but you can't wait to see this match. You know who couldn't wait to see this match? Grand Rapids. They didn't fucking say a goddamn word during this match. I swear to God, man, I didn't think I was even watching a wrestling match. I thought I was attending a fucking funeral during this match. As silent as mass on Sunday morning was this match. Then we want to know why WWE's women's division is floating up Shit's Creek the way that it is. And Piper Niven is very good. Candice LeRae is excellent. Can't bring myself to fucking care when nothing's on the line and neither of these women are going to factor into anything at WrestleMania. Candice LeRae wins in three minutes. Apparently she got help from Nikki Cross who followed her out to ringside because Nikki Cross has no friends and she wants to be friends with Candice LeRae. Great. Johnny Gargano was interviewed backstage. He said Otis challenged him to a match. Judgment Day then comes in. Gargano said, oh, look, there's the group that's going through their gut phase and can't fight on their own. Everybody went through their gut phase, man. I didn't. The most I ever did was the patches on the backpack in high school and the wallet chain hanging out of my right pocket. That was it. That was it. And the long metal-like hair because I was in a band and I needed a ponytail. That was it. It wasn't really goth, though. It wasn't really goth. I didn't wear the makeup and the fucking eyeliner and, and listen to... Who, who do the emo kids listen to, man? Uh, Good Charlotte. Who, who do they listen to? Who, who, do you, who do you guys listen to? Who do you emo fucking pussy fucks out there listen to, really? Some lead, some male lead singer with some fucking black eyeliner and paints his fingernails, multicolored? Yeah, I'm sure that's a real musical talent right there. Give me a fucking break. Listen to real men's music. Fuck out of here, goth. What real man goes through a goth phase? Fucking pussies out there, man. Give me a fucking break, man. Lincoln, my chemical romance. Yeah, there you go. Green Day, Guar, Three Days Grace, Marilyn Man. There's nothing good. There's nothing good that comes out of that genre. Nothing. Absolutely not. AFI, Depeche Mode, Blink 182, Coldplay. Oh, my God. Listen, Hooligram, Bullet for My Valentine is not that bad, bro. They are not that bad. Seriously. I mean, if you listened, bro, listen. Uh, A genius. Coheed is not even in this discussion, bro. They're they're, they're progressive metal. They actually put some fucking brains into what they're writing. I mean, Panic at the Disco. I mean, holy shit. Who else? Hinder? Hinder? Fallout Boy. Oh, my God, man. Listen, if I can teach you guys anything, 
If, if, if I could teach you guys anything, man, it's don't listen to a band with a male lead singer who wears eyeliner and paints his fingernails. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to question a lot of things that I don't really want to fucking question in today's day and age. That's it. Go listen to Michael Romeo. Go listen to fucking Andy James that I play on the podcast. Go listen to real singers like Miles Kennedy, right? That's the type of shit you really should be listening to. You fucking break, man. You, listen, I got my Spotify. You guys know what's on my Spotify playlist. It's right there, public, for you guys to listen to. Look at the bangers that I have on there. Not one of them will include a fucking male lead singer with his eyeliner and painted fingernails. Give me some fucking cannibal corpse, man. Give me some corpse grinder on stage yelling, this song is about shooting blood out of your cock. That's the type of shit that I want to go fucking listen to. Well, not really so much anymore, man. Dragon Force. Don't get me started on music, please. Please. I went through my death metal phase back in the day, man. We're kind of waning off of that. Listen to some real, real fucking music. My, my tastes have softened over the years. Really. Anyway, uh, Miz. Miz. Uh, Slipknot sucks. Slipknot's last album was a fucking travesty of epic proportions, man. When they started their new album off with a song that I could fucking absolutely follow, it was like a fucking lullaby. Seriously, man, if you have kids, if you have kids, I guarantee you, play the first song off the new Slipknot album and your, your child will be asleep instantly. When you start an album off like that, you're, you're, heading down, you're heading down a wrong path immediately. Slipknot, man, I was a big fan of Slipknot. I was a big fan of Slipknot. Creed sucks. Alter Bridge is three-fourths of Creed, but Scott Stapp was not my type of guy. Um, Avenged Sevenfold, the one album that Dave Portnoy did with Avenged Sevenfold was my favorite one. Other than that, they just ripped off Metallica, Black Album, and called it fucking Avenged Sevenfold. It's basically what that was. Anyway, we can talk about music. I'd rather talk about music than, than review this show, to be quite honest with you. Anyway, Miz. Miz TV. He promised to reveal tonight what his wife's anniversary gift was last week. He said that she is the gift that keeps on giving. It is not difficult to see why. The Miz is telling truth bombs with that one. Says he's given him, or she's given him, two beautiful daughters and unconditional support. He says to help him announce the news, he wants to introduce the host of WrestleMania to help. We looked up at the big screen and the graphic revealed himself. We said this and predicted this last week. If you guys watched the show last week, I predicted this to a T last week. The Miz was going to be the guest host of WrestleMania. And you know what? I'd much rather The Miz be the guest host than be in the ring wrestling at WrestleMania. This is a good role for him. An excellent role for The Miz at WrestleMania. He says he is tonight's guest on Miz TV, and he is the host of WrestleMania. He says it will be bigger than the Golden Globes and the Oscars and took digs at Logan Paul for being a YouTube star and not a Hollywood movie star. Wait until you see what I have in store for WrestleMania. He says it will go viral and will be buzzworthy. He began listing scheduled matches for WrestleMania, which right now are only three confirmed. I guess four now with Brock Lesnar and Omos. So Miz is interrupted by Seth Rollins. 
And Seth Rollins is out there. Miz is protesting that Seth is trying to steal his moment. Seth says Miz is being a little bit of a jerk. So he had to stomp him three times last week because he was being a b-hole. Who talks like that, bro? A.R. Gamble. Bianca is as stale as fucking uh, aged milk that's been sitting in your refrigerator refrigerator past fucking the expiration date. Four weeks past the expiration date. Stale. Bianca is curdled milk at this point. If you don't think so, your tastes are very mid, bro. Very mediocre. She's as dull as bath water. That you could buy from a titty streamer on Twitch. A beehole. Who talks like that? Oh man, you're a beehole. A beehole. Next time Genius wants to fucking uh, say something out of line at the gym, you're a beehole, bro. Fuck out of here. Miz says he's not a B type of person, he's an A type of person. Seth says, so you're saying you're an a-hole. At which point, Miz interrupted again. Seth says he didn't mean to ruin his moment, but he had a favor to ask. He says he's been trying to get a hold of Logan Paul, but it's been difficult. I guess beat-hole means butthole. Sounds like Vince is right in this show, too. Never mind fucking Triple H. So, Logan Paul. Seth wants to get a hold of Logan Paul. Miz said Logan is Seth's problem. He called Seth a goofball. In a stupid jacket, Seth super kicked Miz. He then picked up Miz's phone, opened Miz's eyes, and unlocked his phone with the face recognition feature on the iPhone. Seth laughed and then found Logan found Logan Paul's contact information and called him. Logan said, Miz, stop calling me. The camera showed Logan Paul on his phone. Overhead view looking over Seth's shoulder. Seth says, surprise! Seth said Miz is a little out of commission. He took a dig at Logan's brother, Jake, losing his last fight. So we made fun of Jake Paul losing his first boxing match. Seth invited Logan to join him on Raw next week in Boston. Logan says he'd love to see him run his mouth when they're standing face to face. Seth said one more thing. Bye bye, bitch. I mean, I'm just glad we're getting Logan Paul and Seth Rollins in the ring together to build whatever story there is. Like, the story is there. I need a little bit more verbalization from both of these guys. And The Miz being a Hollywood A-lister, <coughs> D-lister, and him being the guest host of WrestleMania is a very good spot for him. Much rather him do that than be in the ring wrestling at WrestleMania. Kathy Kelly approached damage control backstage. Bailey says she's glad Becky and Lita are confident but they've proven they're better against phony teams before. She said they're the greatest champions in WWE. False. She told Kathy Kelly to go tell those idiots that dot, 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 and they walked away. Austin Theory then walked up to Kathy Kelly, and she was about to send her back to Graves and Kevin Patrick out by ringside, and Theory says, well, where's my interview? I'm the greatest champion in the WWE. He says he's a little shocked he's not being talked about anymore. He said John Cena returns next week. But the thing is, they like the hustle, loyalty, and respect, but he's proven he can do all those things. He made his case that he's hustled and shown loyalty. 
He said he has a lot of respect for Cena, which is why he's going to look him in the face next week and give him all the respect he deserves. He's all, he said all he'll ask is that he gives him the same respect back. So we're getting John Cena and Austin Theory face-to-face next week. We're getting Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns hopefully face-to-face on Friday Night SmackDown. We're getting Logan Paul and Seth Rollins face-to-face next week on Raw. And things are building. Things are finally coming together for WrestleMania. Balor and Edge, maybe, face-to-face. That hasn't been announced yet, but I'm assuming it will. So things are finally in motion for WrestleMania. Good. Good. I still think the Cody Roman thing is uh, not going to be told sufficiently in 30 days. That's just me. Maybe they proved me wrong. But I'm very excited to see John Cena next week because John Cena, he's at a time in his life, and John Cena is at a point in his career where I value him a lot when it comes back. And plus, I'm very excited about Austin Theory and John Cena. I think it's going to be a banger match. So we'll see what happens next week. I'm very excited to see what they say to each other. And Cena cutting a promo in a serious tone, that's what we need next week. Because you know Austin Theory is going to bring that fire, and John Cena needs to bring that momentum just as Austin Theory will to him. Bobby Lashley versus Elias. Two minutes. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a shit. They showed Rick Boogs backstage taking notes. Taking notes on what? To be a loser? How to lose a match? The fuck are they having Boogs take notes for on Elias? Boogs is a better wrestler. Boogs is a better guitar player. Boogs got better charisma than Elias. What is he taking notes on? Does Elias want Boogs to be a loser? Just like him? I don't want that. Two minutes. Hurt lock. Done. Lashley. He gets on the microphone, says he's not in a good mood because Lashley resorted to a low blow rather than tapping out to the hurt lock. He said because he proved his dominance over Lesnar, he gets Bray playing kid games with him. He says he doesn't play little kid games. He told Bray to keep his name out of his mouth or he will hurt him. He dropped the microphone as Lashley made his way up the ramp. A video aired on the Titan Tron with Bray doing a rap exercise video, the Muscle Man Dance, and Bobby Lashley was spliced into this rap exercise video. Lashley stared on as Wyatt mocked Lashley posing and doing workouts. Then Bray got sinister and the screen shifted to Bray saying, you should run. Lashley was angry and finished his return to the back in the locker room and nobody knew what the fuck we watched. Bray is dead. For all the Bray Wyatt geeks out there, all the Bray Wyatt lore enthusiasts, and all the Bray Wyatt fucking mask collectors and puppet collectors and all this other bullshit from Bray Wyatt, the guy is dead. He's come back in 2022, now 2023, and he's worse than what he was when we last saw him. With no direction in sight and a storyline and creative that has peaked with LA Knight and still we have no finality to anything. We have no fucking clue on who is who and what is what and is, is there a Wyatt Six and all this other shit. It's just bad creative. It's just bad creative. And I said this before to open the show. 
We, as a community, I know I am. I, I, I know you guys are the same way. And if you're not, I don't, I don't know. There is fatigue in the Bray Wyatt story. Because we're not getting, it's five months. Five months of riddles. Five months of fucking Easter eggs. Five months of lore. Five months of no answer. Five months of Uncle Howdy. Alexa Bliss. Who's under the mask? This and that. I mean, do you like watching a show and then not being given answers after five months? I mean, we should have got these answers revealed at the Royal Rumble. That was long enough. Now we're going into WrestleMania, and still, we have no answers. And Bray Wyatt's dancing in fucking exercise outfit. This shit sucks. This shit is awful. There's nobody that will convince me otherwise that this was the plan for Bray Wyatt, according to Triple H. Soon as Vince McMahon asked Brock Lesnar and Omos to happen at WrestleMania... All the plans for Bray Wyatt got shifted to Vince, and Vince is now booking Bray Wyatt. Mark my words. No way. There's no way. I don't know how anybody... I am, I am making this prediction right now. Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt may be one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. And if that is the case, if Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley ends up being one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time, I don't want to see him on television again. Because he already owns the distinction of having one of the worst WrestleMania matches ever. And now we're going to go and do that again with him? And I love Bray. I think Bray is great. I want to see Bray wrestle. I want to see Bray wrestle like he used to wrestle with the fucking Wyatt family. But I don't know what the fuck this is. Another three-minute match. Otis and Johnny Gargano, three minutes. Marseille grabbed Gargano at ringside. Dexter Loomis all of a sudden is shown in the crowd and he grabbed Marseille from behind. Another kidnapping angle for Dexter Loomis because Dexter Loomis is friends with Johnny Gargano. He screamed and Mansois intervened. Gargano super kicked Mansois. Gargano got in Maxine's face. Otis yelled down at Gargano, DDT, one, two, three, and that was it. So Johnny and Otis goes three minutes. Bobby Lashley and Elias goes two minutes. Larray and Piper Niven goes three minutes. Asuka and Carmella go nine minutes. Cody Rhodes and Chad Gable goes 12 minutes. And then the Street Profits versus the Usos go 12 minutes. The caliber of matches on Monday night are getting worse. The match lengths for some of these are getting shorter and shorter by the week. Another another big clue as to who may be in charge here, who is uh, having some sort of influence on the show, because it wasn't like this back in August, back in September. We were actually getting full-fledged matches, and we weren't getting this fucking filler garbage on Monday night. The direction of Monday Night Raw has gotten worse as time has gone on. Because they started putting on some banger shows. Now we're back to what it used to be when Vince was there. I don't know how you don't see it. Something ain't right. Johnny Gargano wins in three minutes. Kathy Kelly interviewed Paul Heyman backstage. He acted happy about Cody. That Cody was heading to SmackDown. He said, Cody will 
be confronted by Roman Reigns. Good. Should have happened fucking three weeks ago. Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Tag team match here for the titles against Becky Lynch and Lita. This was as dull as it could be. I mean, I kind of figured what the ending was going to be here. And we got new tag team champions. Match goes about 12 minutes. Trish Stratus returned to help Lita and Lynch win the titles. What year are we in? It's 2023. And we got Lita and Trish Stratus winning tag team gold. Or Lita anyway, with Trish helping. win, Win tag team gold in 2023. It's like we fucking... Got warped back in time. We went through some fucking time warp. Lita and Lynch worked as a team here. They were in control over the heels. Lynch dropped Kai and Sky with a DDT, reverse DDT combo. Then she hit Kai with a diamond dust, which is nothing more than a float over stunner off the second turnbuckle. Sky attacked Lynch as she tried to put Kai in a disarmor. Sky followed with an acai moonsault. For two. Kai and Sky worked over Lynch until Dakota Kai and Lynch dropped each other with some clotheslines. Double down. Bailey slid one of the women's tag team title belts into, into the ring to distract the referee. So she went around and yanked Lita off the apron. Dakota and Sky hit Lynch with a double back suplex, but only got a two count. They were looking to finish the match off and did not get it done. Trish Stratus music hit. And she sprinted out and went right after Bailey, giving her a, Luth- a Luthez press on the outside. Stratus hugged Lita, who got the hot tag. Sky kicked out of some moves by Lita. I think one was a her and Karana. And she went for the moonsault, but Lita dodged it. And Lita hit the twist of fate. Stratus blocked Bailey from interfering again while Lynch put Kai in the disarmor. Lita hits Sky with her moonsault. One, two, three. And Lita pins Io with her own finishing move to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Fireworks went off as Becky Lynch and Lita celebrated with Trish Stratus to end Monday Night Raw as we have new tag team champions. Said this before. I mean, the match was the match. Was the match. I mean, it got the job done. It gave Trish the platform to come back after weeks of rumor and speculation that she would be back. WWE waited till Grand Rapids, Michigan to reintroduce Trish Stratus here because Lita and Becky win the tag team titles. The rumor was it was going to be Becky, Lita, and Trish versus Damage Control in a six-woman tag team match. That would have left, and I didn't really care if it did because I don't really care for Ronda, This would have left Ronda and Shayna off of the WrestleMania card, and we can't do that. We can't leave Ronda Drowsy off the fucking show. Ronda Drowsy. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, that would have left Rhonda and Shayna off the card. So now what we're looking at 
is EO and Dakota got fucked over because Chris Stratus interfered. So I'm assuming they're going to get their title rematch at WrestleMania. Becky and Lita will put the titles on the line. Ronda and Shayna will have something to say about it. So we'll probably end up getting a triple threat match at WrestleMania while Bailey wrestles Trish one-on-one. And I believe it was either said by Trish or said by Bailey, but they are both saying that they want to wrestle each other. This has been documented over the years, and I think Bailey mentioned Trish as one of her dream opponents. So Bailey's getting a marquee WrestleMania match, and all the other women are getting on the WrestleMania card. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. So WWE found a way to give Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey something to do together without giving them a one-on-one match. Now we can get Becky and Ronda in the ring at WrestleMania in Hollywood, and we can have some finality to that as well as Ronda hopefully goes bye-bye after WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the show tonight. That was your Monday Night Raw post right here on Off The Script. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit, man. Thank you guys so much for the love tonight via the Super Chats, man. You guys are great. Eight, eight new members, man. You guys must really be excited about my mother's basement. Otherwise, I don't know why you guys are signing up. Actually, I do know because I'm fucking great, and you guys want to be part of the best podcast in the community, but, man, that... Those images that you guys got in the community section, man, they are there. You guys got the first ever sneak peek of my mother's basement, and it's fucking absolutely incredible. So go check that out. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And please make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. And we need 99 more likes for 1,000. If you guys enjoyed the podcast tonight, I would really Appreciate if you show your support by leaving a thumbs up. Once again, tonight, sponsored by DraftKings. I'm going to kick it to my guys over at DraftKings one more time, and then we're going to get into the Super Chats right here on Off the Script. John Jones has been away from the UFC for three years, and he's making his return at UFC 285 in his heavyweight debut. You guys can get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of the UFC, and today's sponsor right here on Off the Scripts. DraftKings is giving all new customers a winning offer. All you have to do is go to DraftKings and use my promo code JD from NY and put at least $5 down on a pre-fight money line wager on any fighter and you're going to receive an additional $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. And that's right, you guys heard me correct. $5 on any pre-fight money line wager on any fighter, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets, and it's going to be deposited right into your account if your bet wins. Now, you're wondering, what could you do with this $150 in bonus bets? You can try out UFC Same Fight Parlays, where you can combine multiple bets from one fight, like which fighter will win and how many significant strikes that they will land. If mobile sports betting is not available in your state yet, don't worry. You guys can still get in on the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and new customers use promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 on a pre-fight money line wager on any of this weekend's fighters and get 100 
and $50 in bonus bets if your bet wins. That's promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sponsor tonight of Off the Scripts. Want to thank DraftKings again for sponsoring the show tonight, man, right here on Off the Scripts. Joseph Taylor. With a $5 Super Chat. JD, your favorite Royal Rumble, non-Royal Rumble match. I got a couple, bro. Um, Kevin Nash, Bret Hart, I believe 1995. Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, 1993. I know one of them was Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle. But, um... I'd have to uh, again. I'd have to. I'd have to definitely think about that. I'm more of an old school. Yeah, I, I'm more of an old school Royal Rumble fan. I felt like the undercard matches, old school Royal Rumble matches, were a little bit more important. WWE doesn't make the undercard matches feel that important anymore. Sidro with six months. Sidro, I appreciate you, brother. Six months, J.D., we're getting there. Also, I think we are going to get Cody versus Gunther for the title at SummerSlam. Supposedly, Randy back after Mania, too. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, Sean, Sean, HB, uh, Sean and uh, Triple H 2003 was great, too. Sidro with a $5 Super Chat. Random high thought. What if the ghost at the Domino's I work at is a demon? Would it be called Demonos? Demon Nose. Sidra also with a five dollar super chat. Why didn't the lousy Major League Wrestling MLW wrestler have a website? They couldn't string three W's together. I actually like I actually like that one, Sidra. That was a good one. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. The only good thing about the first hour was Owens. I agree. Yes, Cena Umaga, 2007, was great, too. Matt, the PW fan, with a $20 Super Chat. I feel like Triple H allowed Vince to book at least one match at WrestleMania, and he chose to do Brock versus Omas. I refuse to believe Triple H would book this. I watch NXT Black and Gold, and he would never book something like this. Matt said this all last night on the podcast, bro. 100% agree. Sinister Classic with a $2 seat, which had Dominic versus Ray at WrestleMania, hair versus mask. Cheers. And Dominic's losing. If that's the case, Dominic is losing. I can't see Ray losing his mask. Sidro! With a $5 super chat. When Dolph Ziggler introduced himself to Vince McMahon, who did Vince McMahon introduce, introduce Dolph Ziggler to? The nearest shovel. How long has that shovel been uh, friends with Dolph Ziggler, Sidro? About, what, 16 years? 
Holy shit. And by the way, if you guys are wanting to know why I had to blur out my Atlanta Braves hat and my AEW hoodie for the DraftKings ad, I have no fucking idea. Just going to throw that out there. Because I know a lot of you guys were like, why is it blurred out? That's what they asked me to do, and that's what I did. No idea. Michelle Moran with the Tudal Super Chat. Basically, tonight's show was a can-miss show. Yes. Absolutely. Noah Tacon with a seven months. Paul is letting Vince have his suggestions on creative because he knows at any moment Vince could take it all away. Yes. And it will be taken away. As soon as Vince sells to the Saudis, it's over. Jay with a 499. Even though no one wants to see Brock versus Omas, they should at least add a stipulation. By the way, I enjoy watching streams. Keep up the good work, JD. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, yeah, copyright laws, Hulagrim, but uh, this is not the first time that we are sponsored by DraftKings. I didn't have to do that the first time. I didn't have to do that the first time. Uh, apparently, I don't know, maybe somebody else uh, took over. I have no fucking idea. Uh, thank you, Jay. Tony Brown with a four ninety nine fresh meat. Well, you got Bianca and Carmella on the show, bro. We're good to go with the meat department. Wednesday is a different story. AEW's got a better meat department than WWE. Just my opinion. C. Nile with a 99.99 super chat. Unbelievable. Thank you, brother. This was a rough one. The show peaked with the first match, and it got worse the longer it went on. It felt like a random show leading up to a show like Backlash. It just seemed so uninspired. On a positive note, Solo continues to look like a star with every chance he gets. Solo is great. He's awesome. Absolutely agree with your comments, Cena. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being here with the 100, and thank you for your generosity, man. Fantasy Kid 1977 with a 14-month VIP membership. Just showing some love, bro. I'm waiting for Lightfall tomorrow. Man, I'll be on all day tomorrow. All day. Contemplating streaming it or not. I have no idea yet. Uh, The Undertaker. 17 months in the VIP club. Undertaker's going for a golden microphone, bro. 17 and 0, he says. Michelle got Alter Bridge tickets for March 17th. I'm pumped. I think my favorite tune off the new album is Sin After Sin. What's yours? Uh, Undertaker, that's a great song, bro. Sin After Sin is a sexy song. My favorite song off the new album is uh, Fable of the Silent Sun and Pawns and Kings, the title track. This Is War is also great, too. Uh, I am more of a fan of Alter Bridge when they do the seven, eight-minute long songs. I think that's where they really shine. Plus, uh, Fable of the Silent Sun is a, is a little bit uh, is a little progressive for them. 
which was uh, a great listen. Riddick's Classic Arcade. 28 months. Thank you, brother. Listen, I love Bray. My son and I are huge Bray fans, and I fully support him, but this Lashley stuff ain't it. This is out of nowhere with no story. None. That's why I say Vince is in on it, bro. Vince is in on it. There's no way Bray, there's no way Bray said this is what I want. None. No way. Eric Newton with a $10 super chat. I've been saying since August, I never thought Vince was gone. I was trying to wait until after Mania to judge what Triple H did, but now I'm not sure if Triple H will get a chance to do what he wants. Bro, we don't know. We don't know how Vince is going to just take this WrestleMania card. He may turn everything upside down, bro. Nick Williams with a $10 super chat. Raw was a 7 out of 10 for me tonight. Getting trolled over that rating. Over a thought. Also, I came into the venue and Jesse didn't clean the spill. Near table 2, I ended up slipping on a banana peel. Not cool. Well, I don't know why you'd be slipping on a banana peel, Nick Williams, unless somebody uh, brought a banana peel into the venue. We don't sell bananas. We don't use bananas for any of our cocktails. But uh, Jesse has been lazy as of late. And if you thought Raw was a 7 out of 10, that is your opinion, bro. I thought it was a 3 out of 10. But if you liked it, man, more power to you. Also, with the $2 Super Chat, quick follow-up. Didn't feel like a Vince ran show. I can't tell that. I don't even know what a Triple H ran show was anymore, to be honest with you. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. None of the storylines on Raw are making any sense. Like you always say, you can't tell when Vince is back. You can tell when Vince is back. This sucks, especially when it's so close to Mania. Just watch the show. Just watch the fucking show. You'll know when Vince is back. Who the ops? With the seven months. The fact that Lita is winning a title in 2023. And Omas is wrestling Brock at WrestleMania. Is all the proof I need that Vince is back in creative. You ain't wrong, who the ops. You ain't wrong, brother. Guys, we need... We need 43 more likes for 1,000. Can we get there? Zach Smith with a Canadian 699. Somebody in the back really said, hey, you guys remember Taker versus Giant Gonzalez 30 years ago. I got something worse in mind. Brother Love at it again. I love you. Can't stand that fucking guy. Glorious one with a 999. Cody and Roman face off on SmackDown with Jay Uso situation looking like a banger main event segment. And right after that new attack on Titan, gonna be a great Friday night. Not a fan of anime, Glorious. You enjoy that attack on Titan, bro. Not for me. JP, 5150 with a $10 super chat. I honestly don't know what is more exciting about. I honestly don't know what is more exciting, the debut of the brand new OTS venue or certified beverage consumption 
Destiny 2 Lightfall because clearly Raw was anything but exciting. Hashtag drinks up. Bro, I'm excited as fuck about Lightfall tomorrow if we can get in. Thank you, JP. Uh, and the venue is looking like a banger. Dom Wapa with 199. I need more Otis and Cody segments. That was funny. I thought that was quite humorous myself. Joey Lowe with a new membership. Joey, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? DGK Dog with a 499. We don't need Lita and Trish. They could have just done damage control defending the tag team titles and then built a big solo match with Becky and Bailey. You know, DGK, they could have done that, but damage control is so damaged that I don't know if anybody would genuinely care if they did anything at WrestleMania. And I honestly think they injected Lita and Trish in this thing because they know everything is just so damaged. Honestly, I didn't want to see another Becky and Bailey match. I'd gladly take Becky doing something else and then do Bailey and Trish one-on-one. Just me. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Vince McMahon is back. The mighty Omash! <laughs> Ricardo Little with a $5 Super Chat. JD, which women do you think will be left off the WrestleMania card but deserve to be on it? The growth of OTS proves that people still value the truth. Do they, Ricardo? Do they value the truth or do they shun the truth and want to pretend I'm some fucking narcissistic fucking conspiracy theorist who doesn't know what he's talking about? Um, I don't know, bro. Raquel Rodriguez, maybe? I think the women that are on the show are the women that should be on the show. I think everybody else is kind of like... Not really all that exciting. Juan Quintero with a $20 super chat. This show is money. Absolutely. Number one podcast in the community live on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Will be Saturday for Revolution. Is Revolution on Saturday or, or Sunday? What are we doing for Revolution? Are we, are, we, are, we, are we doing Revolution on Saturday, right? Saturday? Or is it Sunday? No, it's Sunday. Revolution is on Sunday. Oh. I'm never getting to bed on fucking Sunday. Genius, I would have to do something on uh, on on Monday, bro. I don't know. Oh. Jesus Christ. Fucking be going live at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um... Ricardo with a $2 super chat. The best part about Omos is JD's impression of him. 
Hoyt Ranalda, Daniel C., Jakari Scott, and Riley Parvin all become new members. What the fuck are you gentlemen drinking? Thank you very much, guys. Hiru. With a $5 super chat, I would have booked LA Knight versus McIntyre, Bray versus Cross, Bronson Reed versus Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley versus Damian Priest, Damage Control versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Bro, I would have absolutely booked Bronson Reed versus Brock Lesnar. I don't know where Cross is going to be on the WrestleMania card. He may not even make the WrestleMania card. The only guy that he would make sense against is Braun Strowman. And it's going to be way too late to make me care about that fucking match. There's nothing there. I don't even know why you bother. I don't know why you even bother at that point. Peyton Brown with a new membership. Peyton, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Uh, Otis, I have no idea, bro. We'll see. We'll be live on Thursday. I think. Don Parker with a $5 super chat. We can see that Vince has his hands on creative and it is naive to believe otherwise. Any updates on his legal issues? None. I hope they bury him in lawsuits. MGM Bolin with a 199. Congratulations on 142,000, my guy. OTS forever. Thank you, MGM Bolin with the 199. Riley Parvin with a $20 super chat. I was so happy to see Gable get a great match with Cody. Chad Gable has been a main event wrestler in my universe mode since 2018. It feels great to see him wrestling a semi-high-profile match on TV. Gable's incredible. Gable's great. Dr. Evil Genius with a three-month membership. I'm trying to get JD to appreciate Death Clock. Bro, I got some shit to show you, man. You know, that's that, that type of music is usually right up my alley, bro. Three months. Go sub to Genius's YouTube channel, man. The Talking Shit Podcast. Riley Parvin with a $20 super chat. Would you turn Bianca heel on her own now or try to find something for her until Montez can split from Dawkins and then make Bianca and Montez a heel power couple? Not really uh, a big fan of the heel power couple deal, but um, that may actually end up working. I mean, we all know that they're married. So, why not? Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. JD, I like kill switch engage. So do I. So do I. Howard Jones was a great singer. Basic with a 499. Vince honestly thinks the WWE viewing audience are idiots. We already know how he books his matches. One other thing is scripts still employed. Yes. He's on NXT level up. 
One of the worst gimmicks I've seen in decades is scripts. Basic also with a 999. Man, Matt Hardy was in a storyline where he couldn't use the twist of fate because he was. Well, he had it taken away from him by another wrestler, but Lita had no problem using it. Poor Matt. Yeah, I found that funny that Lita's still using the twist of fate. I'm sure Rebby Hardy loves seeing that. Coaster Cloudy with a new membership. Cloudy. What the fuck are you drinking, bro? 2T Fruity with a 199. Top five wrestlers and matches. Bro, it's 1.30 in the morning, and you want me to give you my top five favorite matches? Top five favorite wrestlers in no particular order. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. And to probably round it out, I'd say Stone Cold Steve Austin. Top five matches, I'm sure I'm sure Undertaker Mankind is on there twice. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker is definitely on there. Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. I mean, there's just so many, bro. There's just so many. Triple H and Shawn Michaels at the 2002 SummerSlam. So many good matches. Jabril Mohammed with a 499. Thank you, Jabril. In your opinion, what is the best Walking Dead season without spoiling anything? I just started season seven. Um, I don't know, man. The governor seasons were great. I love the governor. Those were great seasons. Um, season seven is excellent. You're really gonna like see. You're really, you're really gonna like season. I believe it's nine going into ten. You're really gonna like it. The show starts to fall off after season seven, but it, it really picks back up because they 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 got a new writer at that point, and she was great, Angela Kang or something like that. I forgot her name. She did excellent. You're gonna enjoy season seven. EJ Entertainment with the two dollar super chat. You gotta, you gotta go live someday. Hogwarts and Atomic Heart. I know, bro. But Destiny tomorrow is gonna take up uh, mostly my day. I'll be in this chair, imprinted in this chair all day long tomorrow. Guys, thank you so much for the generosity, man. We still have over twenty one hundred people in here reading super chats. Oh, you guys are fucking great, man. I don't know what I did tonight, but I- I'm glad you showed. The type of energy that I have none of anymore tonight. Uh, Thank you guys very much for all your support. We're about to get the hell out of here, man. We're about to get the hell out of here. Gonna start the Mustang up. I'll see you guys Wednesday back live for AEW's Go Home Show for Revolution. Should be great. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with Destiny, Hooligram. I don't know yet. Do not know yet. Let me get into the game first, and then we'll figure it out. But I appreciate you guys hanging out tonight, man. Please make sure you follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Go check out DraftKings. 
Go sign up, man. Win yourself some money. Get some free credits on me. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the Super Chats. Nine new members tonight, man. You guys killed it. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Guys, I need those ace emojis in the chat. Those Mustang emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. I want to hear that music on max. I'll see you guys maybe tomorrow with some destiny. I'm not promising anything. If not Wednesday live in the venue with Jesse for AEW Dynamite and the Go Home Show. We'll revolution. I'll see you guys on Wednesday.